0: Are locked on, locked on, locked on
1: Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On Hornets, presented by Hive Talk Live. We are uh, recording this from our Gittimer.com studios in uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson joined uh, by my friend and my fellow Charlotte neighbor, David Walker. David, it was a rough night in Charlotte. And, you know, this is going to be, it's not going to be a normal show. It's, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a, a rough show because, uh, honestly, I, I was, I was up until 12, one o'clock watching coverage, wasn't thinking a lot about basketball. Was thinking about uh, my family and my friends and uh, what was going on in the city, uh, but uh, yep. we're, we're we're going to talk about basketball here in a few moments. We've got our power forward preview, positional preview coming up with Justin Thomas. We'll get to that in, in just a moment. But David, just want to talk about just kind of what happened. It's a little bit. It's kind of therapeutic for us, and uh, you know, we 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 would definitely want to hear from you as well. Buzz Buzz at HiveTalkLive.com dot if you have thoughts uh you 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 know you can definitely go to CNN.com dot com and uh and your local stations to get recaps on the news, but I just kind of wanted to talk about what we were thinking
0: yeah man i hope everyone will bear with us now because i I think you know you and I are like everyone trying to feel our way through this thing you know i mean if you're right, it was a crazy night um i was i mean you, you you're you're right down there right you're right downtown uptown um I was not too far from it last night. It was just crazy, Doug. I mean, I was um, kind of in uh, Plaza Midwood area, right? So last night, Central Avenue um, and not too far from, from downtown, like I said. And it was just, it was just bizarre. Uh, You look up on the screen and you see what's going on in downtown. They had the news on, of course. And um, yeah, I mean, just a, just a crazy night, a, a, a tough couple of days for the city and a lot of people angry and a lot of people have said, and um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's it's tough to come up with words to kind of wrap your head around this thing.
1: Yeah, I live uh, I live about ten blocks away from where everything was going down, and the studios are even closer. Um, I think you know, I remember watching coverage of, of Ferguson, and I remember mm-hmm. watching coverage of Baltimore, and I was. I you know obviously I felt felt for the people of both of those cities and, and, and felt, you know, for everyone. But it all felt foreign. Uh but yeah. watching watching the news last night, everything felt uh more familiar. You know, everything that I saw, I knew. I ride by it every day. And I just I felt sad and and confused. Yeah. Um not really angry. Um, because I don't I don't know if more anger does anyone any good or, 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 or helps the situation at all. Uh, I certainly understand, uh, where some of this anger and frustration, I mean, I don't understand, but I know that there's anger and frustration, uh, coming mm-hmm. from some of these individuals. What I, what I really don't understand is the need for violence and destruction. And you have to separate that, I think from, yeah. From any of the the peaceful protests that don't end up on the news that happened in Marshall Park, or or mm-hmm. on Tryon, those those people are trying to get something done. What happened a- after ten o'clock? Th- th- there, there was just it was violence and and destruction and irrational anger, and you can't attach that to a movement. You can't attach that to a cause. I think it's very dangerous to do. I think it's ignorant to do that. To say that those people. Uh, that were 're smashing windows and yeah. and and i 'm seeing you know new videos popping up of, of individuals committing violence against other individuals. obviously someone was shot uh, by a civilian last night those things those aren 't part of a that 's not part of black lives matter that 's not part of any kind of movement that's just that 's uh-huh. just anger that 's fear that 's destruction and and I, I really hope that the the city i think the city did a great job. And containing the situation, I mean, when you compare it to situations like Baltimore where, where buildings were catching on fire, I don't feel like that yeah. you know, luckily, thankfully, Charlotte didn't get to that level, but it's still, it's so sad. I, I, I rode my bike in this morning to ride by buildings with, with smashed windows and businesses. It's just, I, I love this city. And, and I love bringing people who aren't from this city to the city to walk around uptown and show people how awesome it is and how beautiful it is. And, Mm -hmm. and to see it uh, in the shape that it is, is, is sad. But I also understand that the the situation that uh, preceded this and the situations that are going on all around the country are are sparking conversation, but that's what it needs to spark. It needs to spark conversation. It doesn't need to spark violence or destruction and th- right. that those are, those are my feelings right now. You know, one other thing before we get to basketball, I promise we're going to get to basketball, but I just, I need to say this because I haven't, this is like the first time I'm really talking about it. Yeah.
0: I mean, this is, yeah, I was going to say, this is the first time probably you and I both are talking to someone other than, you know, immediate family members about this thing. Maybe, maybe even before that. So uh, again, it's just uh, therapeutic, I guess, but also trying to trying to feel it out. Right.
1: It happened. It, everything has happened so quickly that that's what's so that's look i'm seeing videos online now of and obviously it's terrible people getting getting beat up windows businesses getting smashed they've got to repair those windows they've got to put their their lives back together uh that's obviously terrible obviously the loss of life is devastating in any situation that's obviously terrible but but what is most disturbing to me just personally is how quickly all of this evolved We're talking a matter of days. I just don't, I don't have a handle on any facts at this point. I know that the city Mm -hmm. leaders are going to look at the video of the, the incident that sparked all of this, um, uh, the the shooting of, of Mr. Scott. And, and hopefully the family is going to view it as well. Uh, Hopefully that brings peace to the more peace to this situation than, than more destruction. But I'm just amazed about how quickly these demonstrations have happened after this incident. I, I think it speaks probably less to this incident and maybe more to the larger issue that the the country yeah. is trying to work through right now. Exactly. But at the same time, we we just had a, a mini-riot in Charlotte several days after an incident that really no one has a grasp on the facts of what happened. And that, I think, is what... And call it social media, call it uh, you know the, the problem that America has with race right now, call it what you want, but it's just disturbing how quickly and how destructive this got in such a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the larger picture, you know, the larger theme um, has been brought to Charlotte's doorstep. And I mean, the Hornets' doorstep, literally, right? I mean, the, the team store was was looted and vandalized um but you're exactly right i mean uh, you, and you you couple that with the fact that you know the the, the Tulsa shooting happened what twenty four hours before this mm-hmm. so there was two two right back to back, and you know like I said, the larger theme and what's going on with race in america right now and 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 you're right, I mean we still don't know, and we i don't know who know will we ever you know get a clear picture of what exactly happened Jaredshaw um but that, you know, that anger and that frustration, um, coupled with the quick turnaround, like I said, these two incidents back to back and everything happening, um, overall, um, I think you're right. It speaks to more to that than to what happened, uh, in Charlotte, which was obviously, you know, tragic and tough to deal with as well. So it's just, I don't, you know, I'm not equipped to be honest with you, Doug, to, 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 on it, or, or I felt I feel like this show. It. It's just
1: it's odd because I felt like this show has been pretty. Uh, this is weird to say, but it's been pretty unequipped for a lot of things that have happened in Charlotte. I just don't, you know, if you would ask me a year, or ha- a year and a half, or two years ago, if if we would have had to have these kind of shows or if we were going to have these kind of shows, I, I probably would have yeah. said chances no. Um, but we've had two. Uh, incidents now with uh, this and and the hB2 discussion where we've had to have some mm-hmm. really some really tough shows um, so hopefully uh, I'll just close with this and David you have certainly have a chance to close as well i I'm just uh, I hope that there are more opportunities for peaceful demonstrations and peaceful conversations than than what happened last night both uh, from the perspective of our city uh, but also and I'll be honest personally for, for my family's sake uh, because mm-hmm. and your family's sake, David, and everyone's families uh, that that are that live in and around the Charlotte area, uh, because like you said, this is um, uh, this is on our doorstep now, and we have to take care of each other and call your neighbor, make sure everybody's okay, uh, help your neighbor out, um, because uh, we are we're, we're even if you're listening and you're not in Charlotte, um, uh, we're all we're all I, I close the show every day with Let's Swarm Charlotte because I feel like. We're we're all a club, so um, yeah. That's that's all I have to say on that, and we'll we'll get to basketball unless you have something left, David.
0: No, I think you summed it up well, Doug. I, I do think that so far the leaders of Charlotte, and hopefully they'll continue to do so, have you know tried to um, bring everyone back together, or, or at least you know handle it as as best they could. Again, with this quick turnaround, but that's that would that would be my. Uh, my note on that, I guess, is just to echo what you said is to help your neighbor and um, for everyone to, to, I guess, start the healing process. It's just such a long process. And it's just like you said, we're just barely beginning and I'm really going off the rails here, but I I think that that would be the main thing is just to try and get back to helping each other and figuring out where we can get from here, you know, as a city, as as a state and as a, certainly as a nation. And that's a, That's a big task, I know, but it's kind of what we're faced with now.
1: Yeah, getting back to normal, and we're going to do our part. We're going to get this show back to normal and talk about Hornets basketball. All week long, the Locked On Podcast Network on the NBA side has been doing depth chart previews, positional previews. Each team has been going through point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, got to catch them all. And Hmm. uh, we've been going through each position. We've had a guest on every day and this uh, today Thursday we have Justin Thomas. He is uh, the host of Hive Talk Live Thursdays with me and he's also uh, he also covers the Hornets for ESPN 730. He's here to talk about the power forward position Marvin Williams, Frank Kaminsky. Take it away, Justin.
2: In the force five this year. Clifford always talked about how tough of, of a position it is, and rightfully so, with with the versatility that you have to bring to the table, and being able to play in the pick and roll. I think the Warriors are, are going to have some good things in. And, and why I say that is, I find there's there's some continuity, there there's some stability here, and you know you also have to throw in a disclaimer about health. But you know the, the two guys at the top of the pecking order of Marvin and Kaminsky, I think can really be good, and there's just I'm just really excited. I remember the other day, um, actually yesterday, um, Vegas came out with their odds, and they had the Hornets at, I believe, thirty nine and a half. That's correct. And they ha and they had the Wizards winning more games. So even when I saw that, I was like, wow, that that's pretty interesting. And but I think that's one of the narratives about most of these teams. The, the Hornets are never a sexy pick. They're, they're never a team that you're going to expect to win a lot of games solely because of location, market name, all types of things. But I think this team is going to be really good. And, and start with Marvin. Yeah, well, Justin, we, you
1: know we talked about yesterday that uh, that the thirty nine and a half wins predicted by Vegas. Some of that could be baking in regressions from certain players, and I think you have to look at Marvin Williams, who set you know career highs in in rebounding and three point shooting in his eleventh season in the NBA. So I, I think a lot of people, including Vegas, may be looking for a regression from Marvin Williams. What do you think?
2: Now, whenever you have a career year, um, it, it's tough to usually be better when you have just, like, your your best career. But what I think is going to give Marvin, even if he doesn't have another career year, but if he has a really good year, I think it all just comes down to, to discipline. Now, last week, we were, uh, we were able to you know to, to sit down and, and take Clifford's brain and talk to him for a little bit. And one thing um, that you mentioned, that a lot of guys were working over the summer, and a guy that he spoke on was Marvin Williams, and he was helping Frank Kaminsky, another guy I think that can can add to that forward position. And you know, just just going back to to Frank's year, you know, one of his biggest adjustments was on the defensive end. And Marvin and Clifford was going back to say that you know I don't think people understand just how important Marvin is. He was like there'd be times last year where guys would would be out of position, and, and Marvin would make a hustle play to maybe deflect a pass or go out there to run somebody off a three point line. And he said those are things that, you know, you don't see on the stat sheet, those things go unnoticed. And and that's the thing that he brings to this team because he's just so smart. And with the rookie year that Kaminsky had, I think there are a lot of people that say, okay, you know, this guy can be can be a player. And with them two working together, you have, you have the rookie that had a good year. You have you have the proven veteran that had a great year. And the fact that they're working together, I think that can be dynamic because Marvin Marvin's good and Marvin's a little bit undersized. Then you have Frank that's with the size, and you know you you know he can shoot it, you know he can score. But you know when you make that transition from college to the pros, your biggest thing is going to be defense playing in the four position. So th- just knowing that um, you know how hard those guys work of, of Marvin and Kaminsky, two things that Clifford always raves about is their work ethic and the fact that they were working together on defense. I think that is something that is a thing that would be really important for this team going forward because defense will be very important going into this
1: season. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that you have Marvin, a player who moved from the three to the four, helping transition Frank Kaminsky, who is moving from the five in college to the four position. So while they're coming at it from different directions, they both know the struggles that comes when you when you have to transition from a position that you've played for a long time. And I think it's interesting too when you look at Frank Kaminsky. He was somebody who, when he did get a couple of post touches, looked very cerebral on offense. He was very anticipatory, and he he could throw a variety of moves at you quicker than you could respond to them. but then when you flipped it over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, players uh, I look back at that Miami series and thewald Ding was a guy who was able to bait Frank Kaminsky in with pump fakes and then drive right by him. and so and I don't I think he certainly has the capacity to become a good defender in the NBA just in terms of his basketball IQ but it's something that where, where I feel like and you mentioned it, defense, it just takes a lot more to learn defensively how the NBA is different from the from the college uh, from the college game than it is on offense, and we're seeing that that learning curve for Frank Kaminsky. But you're confident you, you're confident that he can pick that up.
2: Yeah, man, I, I think there's an interesting timeline. I remember the first day of training camp last year. I'm Clifford. You know, we're, we're speaking to Clifford and asking about the first day of practice and. I think it was probably Rick Bunnell, but someone asked him a question on um, what he thought of Frank so far. And he said, you know, to start practice, Frank came in and, and asked me about one of our defensive sets. And he's like, we don't get in the defensive to maybe the third, fourth practice. And, and he said that's, that's something that, you know, that he was that deep into the playbook was something that was that was a great thing. And then going into the season, you saw him struggle at times. You saw him get a little lost and then sometimes realizing how much quicker the game is and some of these athletes are at the next level. But you knew that was going to come. And one thing throughout the season is noticing that Krivers said, yes, um, you know, we're working on – he's been working out trying to get stronger, definitely um, doing some things with his hips to, to help with his lateral movement and his quickness and things of that nature. And, and as the season progressed, there were times you said, okay, Frank gets out there and he's gone to win. You say, look at that. And that's the positive. Then you might go down there three, four plays later and say, oh, my gosh, Frank is completely lost. So, you know, you're going to have that curve. But then in the following summer, you hear, okay, like when, we, when you first started, you hear that he's in the playbook. And now he's in the gym working with Marvin. So there's a trend that shows, okay, He understands this is going to be an adjustment, but he's dedicated with him putting in the work and getting better. And defense, a lot of it is effort. A lot of it is effort. Athleticism helps, but a lot of it is effort and knowing what you're doing. So the fact that he's working with a veteran guy and they already know the emphasis, before training camp even gets started, of how important they're going to be on the defensive end because we know Marvin's going to make shots. We know Frank's going to make shots. Like We're not concerned about them on the offensive end, but where this team is going to really be dangerous and how good they can be will come on the defensive end. And the fact that they're working on that now is a great indicator of things to come.
1: Justin Thomas, he covers the Hornets for ESPN 730 AM. Justin, uh, I can't wait to get you in this new studio. Do Hive Talk Live Thursdays. Looking forward to it, but until then, enjoy media day. We'll see you at training camp. Thanks so much.
2: Oh, I look forward to it. I look forward to it.
1: Justin Thomas, you can follow him on Twitter at Jtyree704. And uh, listen to him on ESPN seven thirty a.m. and he also uh, writes some blog posts for them as well. ESPNCharlotte.net, I believe, is is the website. Um, David, I forgot to ask him. In all of the the, I was here till like eight or nine o'clock and uh, last night uh, doing some stuff for the day job and and we so we filmed that or recorded that pretty late. And I forgot to ask him, as we asked our previous two guests, to rank or or talk about the Power Forward position in the context of his favorite movie or TV series. Mm-hmm. So Justin, I'm sorry. Don't worry about Justin. He'll have plenty of opportunities to speak his mind on whatever TV <laughs> or movie series he wants. But until then, uh, I've got an idea of what uh, TV or movie series I would relate to the Power Forward position. Um, I'm going to go with 24 with Jack Bauer. Mm. Uh, and I, I say it because I, I watched... Twenty four. I watched most seasons. I, I kind of dipped out in in seven and eight yeah. when when things started to go really downhill. But see, I tuned back in for season nine, which is the the last season to date. And they went to London, and Jack got some new friends, and oh, okay. and it, and it really I was impressed. There was a shorter season, and they did a, a yeah. lot of great things in season nine. And I think that's pretty impressive, just like I think it's extremely impressive what Marvin Williams did in season 11 of his NBA career I, I think mm-hmm. uh, so I'm comparing it a little bit to to 24 because you had that little late late uh, life resurgence of the 24 series just like Marvin Williams. Do you have a comparison
0: I do, and it's along the similar lines as yours, kind of a, a late in the game or a, or a, a rebirth, if you will. I'm going with deep. Doug, I don't okay. know if you're a Veep guy, yeah. but let me tell you why. Yes, please. Uh, Ju- 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 Julia Louis-Dreyfus, right? Uh, maybe best known for Santel, but no, not anymore. She's the queen of the Edmonds, maybe the funniest show on television, and she's a reigning champ in in this new show, in Veep. And when you come from, you know, so Marvin was uh, recruited to Holly out high school, won a national championship in Carolina, number two draft pick uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. I would say a successful career, but then, I mean, you know, last year, like you said, just exploded onto the scene in what is 11th year. Uh, and So that that would be what I would equate it to. I mean, just the the staying power and the uh, the ability to excel uh, this late in the game, as it were, I think is an apt comparison in my mind. I,
1: David, I don't often concede defeat. You know this. Mm. But I'm conceding mm. defeat because I think your comparison actually is better because Veep – Uh, It certainly had uh, a solid first couple of seasons, but it it was very quiet, just like Marvin Williams. Mm -hmm. But now, even better. Now the buzz is 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 ramping up. Uh, Listen, I can use the word buzz. Okay, it's not (laughs) it's not always a pun. Uh, The buzz is a thing. Um, That's in every
0: other show pun. (laughs) uh,
1: But you know, I I like your comparison better. I'm actually. Here's the thing. Uh, it's, I think TV is very personal, so I never get on anyone when, because I always think like a TV show, especially now in the Netflix area era where you can watch an entire TV show in a matter of, of weeks, I think TV has to hit you at at the right time. Like Friday night lights hit me at a perfect place in my life where I needed to kind of go back home and, and and feel what Friday nights, Friday night lights wants you to feel. And Mm -hmm. I feel like Veep, I've tried to get into it a couple of times and I just don't feel like I'm in in a correct place to really enjoy it because I, I, I think you can't deny it's a great show and I feel like it's a great show but then I stop watching and I don't have that feeling like oh I got to get back and watch the next episode of Veep so I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. get there someday just like I'm going to finish West Wing at some at some point but I'm just not there well, yet
0: Well, and the great thing about Veep thirty minutes. You know, you can get in and get out. Uh, it's fantastic. I'll just say that, Doug. So whenever you want to come back, we will welcome you with open arms. Because it's it's a really good watch.
1: Oh, thanks. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you, David. And thank you for listening to Locked On Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live for updates about when we are going live again on YouTube and Facebook. And also make sure to check out all of the great stuff on the Locked On podcast network, including the Locked On NBA show, Locked On fantasy basketball, Panthers fans get ready for this uh, second home game against the Minnesota Vikings. Hopefully it happens. on Sunday Um, and uh, make sure to check out Locked On Panthers podcast with host Steve Reed Uh, Locked On Hornets is a presentation of Hive Talk Live it's a presentation of Locked On Podcast Network and it's a presentation of SB Nations at thehive.com we're back tomorrow with a breakdown of the center position with at the hive writer Nick Denning until then go Hornets go America pray for peace pray for Charlotte Let's warm. So what
2: if I like to stay up late and watch TV, don't blame it on camera?